0: mm <laughs> solo tonight. Psychic medium Stephanie Burke is out. Science advisor Matt Moniz is in the field. He's actually in Rhode Island on an investigation with our friend Andrew Lake, and he's going to be checking into the program a little bit later on to let us know about the investigation that they're on and what it is that they're looking for, the the claims of activity that are happening, and also a little bit about what's going on on the investigation tonight. So he'll join us coming up in hour number two of the program to talk about that. Uh, but we are here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And as I have been putting out on social media, you've probably seen the teas that I put out. There is a, a big announcement coming tonight about the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. And we'll get into that in just a few moments. But as I sit in here in the studio every Saturday night, I, I, I get here a little bit before the show starts. I usually grab something to eat for dinner, and I'm eating that as I... As I start setting up everything for the broadcast, Uh, Frank, if if you're listening, the engineer, I I keep my food and my drink in the little taped-off area away from all the equipment. So, But uh, when I'm sitting here eating, uh, I know that we don't have spooky TV anymore because... Well, because same reason why we're not allowed to have food and drink in here. Basically, something happened. Somebody spilled water on the board. The board got fried. They had to Frankenstein it together with some other parts, and that caused it to no longer send audio out to the video feed. So it might be a while before we're able to have YouTube uh, again, if at all without kind of really rigging something up ourselves. And I just, I don't have the equipment or the money to do it. So uh, we're going to, we're going to keep holding off and waiting to see if we can make that happen through station means. But anyway, those of you who have watched the program on Spooky TV, on YouTube before, you've seen kind of the, the way that the studio is set up. So behind me is the, the dubbing studio window where, you know, we often see, A figure going into that studio and sometimes even turning on the uh, motion sensor light, even though there's nobody in there. But anyway, that's where I have to keep my food and drink while I'm eating. And right next to that, we have the big screen, you know, 60-inch TV hanging on the wall now. And so I will put on the television while I'm eating and just watch a little something while I'm, you know, having my dinner. And usually I put it on Travel Channel because they've got Paranormal Programs on on Saturday night. And I expected tonight, because they have moved all the Paranormal Programming to the Discovery Plus app, I expected to turn it on and see something else completely. But instead, it is a rerun of Kindred Spirits. So the new episodes have moved to Discovery Plus. In fact, I believe the new episodes debut every Saturday... Uh, You know, the shows are going on to the app instead of the network, and I think they're following the same schedule that they had been on, you know, the day of that they would normally broadcast. But so that's the idea is they're trying to push all of the new programming onto the app. And this is different than, well, no, I shouldn't say app. It's a streaming service. So, you know, whether you use the app on your smartphone or on your smart TV or what have you, it's a streaming service. So that's, uh, let, me, let me go back and, and, uh, and fix what I said there. So the streaming service of Discovery+. Plus. So now if you want to see these new episodes of your favorite paranormal programs, you need to pay every month for that app. And this is causing a, a big ruckus in the paranormal fandom right now because people are angry that they have to pay extra on top of what they pay for cable. Now they have to pay extra for the app or for the streaming service, I should say, in order to see the new episodes. And I don't know what the plan is if you know the new episodes will eventually air on television or not. The way it's being presented, at least to us in the media... ...is you can only see the new episodes on the streaming service. So think of it like this. Think of it as if Discovery Plus has become Netflix... ...and these are now Netflix exclusives. You know, you're not going to see them on your TV. They're not going to be on a TV network. But a lot of people have signed up for cable to see these programs. A lot of people have made sure they got the package that had the right tier... ...so that they could watch these programs... And so now they're all up in arms about the fact that they have to pay an extra, you know, 4.99 a month if you want to take it with commercials, 6.99 if you want to have a commercial free. Now, full disclosure, I did the free trial. Didn't really watch anything. Just don't have time. But I signed up for, you know, another month at the 6.99 level. And I'm going to go through it and I'm going to go back and see things that I want to watch and, you know, kind of uh, get the lay of the land of what's on the app. I, I don't know if I'll keep it. I'm going to be filming something soon that will probably air on the app. Oh, I'm sorry, the streaming service. I, I got to fix that. So I'll probably get it again when that debuts. But that's because I don't have a lot of time to watch TV anymore. I watch things on streaming services and I'll cancel one and bring it back if there's something that I want to watch and, you know, all those tips and tricks that you do to stay ahead of the, you know, paying for something you're not going to use game. So a lot of people are upset though, not just about the fact that it's gone to the streaming service and don't blame the people involved in the programs. I've seen people complaining to, you know, Amy and Adam, Jason, Steve and Tango, All the people who have had, you know, Amy Allen and and, and Steve DeShavie, I've seen people complaining to all of them about this, like as if they had any say in it. Naturally, if you are on the programs, you want to have everybody be able to see them. But the other side of that is if you're on these programs, you want to make sure that they remain a profitable entity for the network so that the network keeps greenlighting another season of it. So, their hands are tied. All they can do is just make sure that they help you be able to see it as easily as you can. And so that's why you've seen, you know, Amy and Adam have been tweeting about the fact that, you know, Verizon customers get a free year of Discovery Plus. And I'm sure there's going to be other deals and things that go on uh, for other people as well. But it is a little bit of a slap in the face. And I don't, I'm not trying to anger anybody at the networks because I have a whole other portion of my career that involves working with, you know, travel channel and discovery networks and all that, I've, I've worked for them on screen and off screen, and I'm not blaming them because somebody has to be the first. Somebody has to take this step because this is where cable television is going. But I can understand why the consumer, the viewer, is upset about the fact that they can't watch a brand new episode of Kindred Spirits tonight If they don't have the Discovery Plus streaming service, but they can turn on Travel Channel and see a rerun of Kindred Spirits. Now, the other part of that is these programs stay on television because people buy advertising. They sell the advertising spots. Will the advertiser stick around if all you're getting is rebroadcasts of older episodes? And does one outweigh the other where, you know, you can make enough money off people paying directly for Discovery Plus that you don't really need to worry about the ad revenue on the Discovery networks. That's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Because if they want to keep the networks going, but they don't make the ad revenue that they, they want to make, either they're going to start cutting programming, which is a possibility... Or the other side of it is they're going to start upping the carriage fees, which is what they charge the cable companies for carrying the networks, which the cable company then turns around and passes on to you. So you keep seeing these 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 uh, things that pop up about how, you know, this channel isn't being carried anymore by your cable system, you know, right to your cable system because they're dropping this channel. It's because the cable system doesn't want to pay the increased carriage fees. Because they realize eventually they're going to get to a point where they can't sustain passing on that buck to the customer. And if you've got Comcast, which I know a lot of people listening in the New Bedford area, it's the only option you have. Although I think you can get DirecTV, but you can't get Fios. If you have Comcast now, Comcast has put a data cap on the amount of data you can use on your residential package now. And I keep seeing all kinds of people, you know, people with people that are young and, you know, might stream a lot of video game stuff and and are constantly on the computer, but also older people who probably don't use the Wi-Fi as much. I've seen people across the spectrum complaining about the fact that they are getting notices that they have gone over their data caps. Now, I run a nightly program from my house, live streaming, uh, then, you know, uploading to the internet, the the show afterwards, you know, I'm I'm working from home every day. Uh, I have been doing a lot of work on the internet, of course, because that's what my job is. So I start seeing all these notifications popping up, thinking to myself, man, I'm probably going to get killed for data. And so I open up my data usage and I've, I've been at a pretty steady amount of data consumption for the past year, but it's nowhere near what my cap is. So I'm in a good spot even with all the stuff that I do. But if you've got four or five people in your house, you're going to hit that cap pretty soon. So now you're going to say, oh, and also... Everything that I love to watch on Discovery Networks, including all my favorite paranormal shows on Travel Channel, now I have to stream all that. Well, that's going to up your data fees. So I'm hoping that this all kind of figures itself out one way or the other. And I'll take your calls, 508-996-0500, about what you think about that. You're getting what you always wanted, paranormal TV fans. You're getting the opportunity to open up a streaming service, open up an app on your phone or on your mobile device, and be able to watch any one of your favorite paranormal shows ever. I know they don't have everything up there, but I'm sure eventually they will. So you get the opportunity now to say, I want to go back and watch this. I want to go back and watch that. And you don't have to go and look for it on YouTube or Vimeo or Daily Motion or any of those sites. You know, you can watch every episode of Ghost Adventures ever. You can watch every episode of Ghost Nation or Kindred Spirits or all these other paranormal programs that you like. They're all right there. They don't have Ghost Talkers yet, but I'm hoping that they fix that. You know, all of the programs that you want to see are there. But now the inverse of that is that's the only place you're going to be able to see the new episodes. So it's a it, it's a catch 22 in a lot of ways. But again, I think that if you are discovery networks, you probably figured out all of these things ahead of the launch and said, you know, we have to weigh which, you know, what what things are going to hurt us and what things are going to help us going forward. And I do think that this is the nature and the future of how cable television will be. You know, HBO Max has been a moderate success now. I know it was iffy. It was a little touch and go at first. But especially now that they're debuting, you know, f- brand new in the theaters movies on HBO Max, that's going to help. You'll probably see that happen at some point with some of the other streaming services. Uh, I have, you know, CBS All Access because I've been really enjoying The Stand. And they seem to do a good job of... of creating original content that people want to see. Peacock's got a great back, you know, a back catalog. I I don't really get into a lot of the newer stuff that they have, but they'll start moving network programming over to there as well. It'd be a lot easier if, you know, here in Massachusetts, our, our United States Senator, Ed Markey, for years... When he was a congressman, he fought for the elimination of these carriages in cable television. He pushed for an a la carte cable menu where you would buy your cable service at a base price, and then you would pick and choose what channels you wanted from there. You could have, you know, a minimum number. You could have the full slate But you would pick and choose, just the next time that you're playing around with your cable, go through all the channels and think about how little you use so many of those. You've got channels and languages that you don't even listen, that you don't even speak. You've got standard definition and high definition versions of every channel. You've got multiple iterations of the same type of genre. And you've got thousands of channels altogether. You'll never watch thousands of channels. I'm not even bringing into the fact that there's, uh, you know, I don't know how many there is, but it's got to be around 100 music channels. And I don't mean MTV music video type channels. I mean the music choice channels that just play music. Like in 2021, who's doing that? Who's putting on a TV channel and saying, I want to listen to some 80s music. So I'm going to put my TV on the, the 80s music choice channel. If you've got a smartphone, if you've got, a, you know, an Alexa device, if you've got a Google Home, you're util- utilizing that to listen to the music. You're not putting a TV channel on. And letting your TV play music. But you're paying for that. So anyway, I don't want to keep rambling on about that all night, but I, I would be interested in getting your, your take on whether or not you are enjoying the Discovery Plus option. Whether or not you don't, if you mind having to pay extra to get these programs I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I record a program, if I want to watch a brand new program, I don't watch it live. I very rarely would record something on a network that has commercials and watch it live. I will record it, watch it later and fast forward through the commercials. So if I get to watch my favorite shows commercial free, you know, I'm going to do that anyway. But anyway, you can call in with your thoughts on that. Again, 508 508- Nine nine six zero five hundred. So let's get into what people are tuning in for tonight because I did tease that there is a major announcement regarding the Lizzie Borden House, the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast in Fall River. And let me start off by saying that the big news is not that it's for sale because that news is old now. At this point, going to toot my own horn here a little bit, but I broke the story last Sunday night. Uh, I just happened to see Suzanne, the realtor, put a little tease up on her Facebook page, and I don't even remember what it was that, that made me open up Facebook at that moment, but I happened to see the tease and I was like, oh, oh, this is something that we need to get out there to people. And so I reached out to her. She gave me some information. I was able to get the story up there. And then the next day when the real estate listing, you know, everybody's carrying the story once the real estate listing hit, but you know, WBSM had the scoop. Got to push. Got to get the plugs where we can. You know. Got to get the credit where we can. And now, by the way, thank you to Tim Benall, if you're listening, uh, the Coast to Coast AM reporter and, and webmaster, for citing the WBSM story when he put it up on the Coast to Coast AM site. Nobody else did that. But anyway, this the story broke Sunday night. The Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, 92 Second Street. That's the historical address. But the house where the murders took place, where. So many people here on the South Coast have probably driven by it, have gone in, taken a tour, maybe have uh, done a paranormal investigation there, perhaps been to some of the the recreations that they do, or, or maybe even, you know, spent the night. That house is now for sale. In addition to Maplecroft, the home that Lizzie lived in after she was acquitted of the murders of her father and stepmother, that home went on the market back in. August. Now both buildings are owned by the same person. Donald Woods is the owner. There's a corporation involved, uh, you know, an LLC that owns Maplecroft. I don't, I don't know exactly the specifics of, you know, how it's set up for the, for the bed and breakfast, who owns that, if it's him outright, or if it's a, if it's another LLC, I would assume it's an LLC because, you know, it's a business and there's the opportunity that people could you know, be injured there or what have you, or, you know, you want to protect the assets and and keep it. You know how it works. Anyway. But it's Donald that's behind both. And he wants to retire. He purchased Maplecroft because it was for sale, and I know that it was something that they had been looking at for a long time, but the amount of money and time and effort that would go into uh, restoring it from the condition that it was in. You know, I could imagine, you know, when you're trying to run a business already, you don't have the time to, to dedicate to that. But so it ended up being sold, Maplecroft was, to a woman from Texas. And she put her heart and soul into trying to build that place up and she wanted to turn it into a bed and breakfast, just like the murder house is. Now, being an outsider, she hit every brick wall that she possibly could. I don't think I'm talking out of school here anymore to say the city gave her a really tough time about trying to carry out her vision of what she wanted to see over there. And this was at a time when Fall River politics, not that they're really that much better now, but Fall River politics were at some of their worst. If any of you don't know what Fall River politics have been like for the last few years, there is a new... Well, it's, a, it's an old documentary that came out on Quibi last year, but Quibi doesn't exist anymore, so it's now moved over to Roku. There's a, a documentary called Run This City about the boy wonder mayor of Fall River, Jaisal Correa, who is now facing multiple federal charges of conspiracy, of... Uh, fraud uh, allegedly you know took money from investors for an app that you know never delivered plus a whole bunch of other things that he actually did once he was mayor uh, you just have to see the documentary to, to to get the breadth of it now his trial starts february 22nd so that's probably going to be in the news a lot more uh, in about a month or so but you can see the documentary online now and that'll give you an idea a little bit of you know what politics are like in Fall River so that's why Christy was having trouble. And so she put the house up for sale and, you know, the owner of the bed and breakfast bought it because they wanted to do the same thing and figured they'd be able to do the same thing. And they continued the renovations. And now it's to the point where it's pretty much fully restored. And for $890,000, you can buy Maplecroft as is fully furnished, ready to go. You'll have to, you know, work out any business plan ideas you have with the city. But if you wanted to buy it and live in it, it can be yours right now. Suzanne's listening. She's probably, you know, ready to, to make a deal with you if you want to buy it right now. But we knew that that was for sale. That was back in August. And it's it's not the first time that's gone up for sale. Maplecroft, And I've always had to deal with people immediately messaging me from all over the world. The Lizzie Borden house is for sale. And I have to explain to them, it's not the Lizzie Borden house. It's the house she lived in after the murders. It's not the mur- the house where the murders actually took place. Because that's the place that everybody wants to go to and wants to buy. And, you know, wants to have the chance to stay overnight. True Borden scholars... Uh, true, you know, true crime buffs, people who are just interested in in Lizzie and the history of it all, and certainly paranormal folks have always wanted to get into Maplecroft, but it doesn't have the same appeal to, you know, the true crime fans as staying in the house where the murders took place. So I was always having to kind of explain that. But that went up for sale because you know Donald decided to retire, and let's face it. With the pandemic going on, you know, tourism money is down. And there's not as many people being able to take tours because of restrictions. There's not as many people being able to stay overnight because of restrictions. I mean, they were completely shut down at the bed and breakfast for for months because of the regulations in Massachusetts. So that's going to put a big damper not only in keeping the business running, but also in any plans that you have to expand the business by, you know, opening up another one. So that's understandable that they would put that for sale. And as this has kind of rolled on, you know, Donald says, do I, do I want it? Do I have it in me to really kind of fight back my way from the pandemic? Or do I want to, you know, sell it to somebody else that would have the energy to do that? And so that's what happened with the bed and breakfast. So it hit the market last Monday. It is for sale, lock, stock and barrel. From my understanding, you get it exactly as is. And there's bookings. There's people already booked to stay, tours, all of that stuff. There's people ready to to go there and spend money. But you can buy the house, the bed and breakfast, the business itself. Not So you're not just buying the the house and the land. You're buying the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. And all of that comes with that. The business of having people stay overnight, the business of tours, the business of dramatic recreations, and the, the, the business of being there every time some sort of television program wants to come and film. There's a lot that comes with that. And you're also the steward of that story, too. But that's for sale right now. Two million dollars. $2 million, and you will own the Lizzie Borden story. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are cringing right now when I say those words. They think, oh, but the story is so much more than just that house. The story also exists at the Fall River Historical Society and the information there. The story also exists with all of the Borden scholars and, and memorabilia collectors that are out there. The story is so much more than just the house. But for all intents and purposes, you own and control the Lizzie Borden story. And especially the way that it ties into the paranormal world. It is one of the most haunted houses in the world. And it is one of the most investigated houses in the world. There have been, I can't even give you a number, I'd say probably at least a dozen paranormal television programs that have gone there and filmed. You know, maybe not all of them are investigations, but they're, you know, some sort of program that that features the ghosts of the Lizzie Borden house. I've probably filmed five or six of them myself. So it's, if you buy that house and you decide and say, well, you know what? Not really comfortable with the ghost stuff anymore. We're not going to let that happen anymore. We're closing down investigations. Well, now you've, you own that story. I don't think anybody would ever do that. Because that would be some really bad business planning. Especially when you're trying to do all you can to recoup what you just spent on it. You want to bring in every dollar that you can. And why not utilize the paranormal as part of that? But again, you know, people would have that option. So with that in mind, with the idea that you control the Lizzie Borden narrative... You especially control the Lizzie Borden paranormal narrative. And you control what kind of future productions can go and film there. And I don't just mean, you know, documentaries and, and, and paranormal shows. I'm talking, you know, all of this interest that's happened in in dramatic films and all those types of things. And I know that they don't they don't love to come here. You know, they love to use some Victorian structure in Vancouver and call that Fall River. But still the option is there. Massachusetts still does have some pretty good film credits. But you would control all of that. And so with that in mind, the question comes up, who should buy the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast? Now the immediate name that pops up on every message board and every every Facebook thread and and every uh, you know, under every tweet as soon as this news hits, is Zach Bagans. Everybody says Zach from Ghost Adventures should buy it. Zach should buy it. Zach Bagans should buy it. Zach should buy it. And they say that because he's probably the only person in the paranormal that has that kind of money. Like, I'm not going to get into all of the, the, the way that it all works for you, but let me just tell you, in the paranormal world, it's known as Zach money. And nobody else but Zach has Zach money. These investigators can be the, you know, the, the, the executive producers of their own shows. They can be the creators of their own shows. All of those things that, you know, you would think come with a little bit of a bump in pay. And they do. It's more about, you know, being able to control the direction of of the program and and the intent and the theme and all of that. But still, none of that compares to Zach's deal And I know about this Because it's been reported In you know Variety and all those Trade Publications I think he talked about it In his book So there's Zach money That's a thing And that's why he's able to buy You know the demon house And that's why he's able to Open up his His museum And and all that And and listen This is not A personal slight against Zach. But I just don't think you'd be the right fit to buy the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. Because I don't think it would continue to have the same connection that it has to all the different interests that go there and visit all the different interested parties for, for the different reasons that they visit. So, let's just take him off the table. Well, now you're left with a bunch of people that would love to own it, but don't have the money. And I know that you think on the surface, hey, let's get a bunch of paranormal investigators together, and we'll all pool our money together, and we'll all buy it. And that sounds great, except for one thing, it'll never work. It will never work for a bunch of people to all own a small piece of that business. It's not something where you can, you know, sell shares in the Lizzie Borden ownership. It has to be under the direction of one or two people who are the stewards of that story and the stewards of that location. Can you just imagine what kind of arguments there would be if there are multiple people? And by the way, why do you think a bunch of paranormal people would want to buy it anyway? Do you think they want to buy it so that they can let a bunch of other paranormal people come in and investigate it all the time? Or do they want to buy it so that they can control the narrative themselves? So that's not a good option either. If you think about it There's really only one person That it makes sense For them to own The Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast And it's the person who has been Most associated with that location Probably the most associated person With that location Not named Borden And that of course Is Leanne Wilbur She is the manager She has been there since Donald and and her teamed up in 2004 to purchase the house. They have turned it into, and really, you know, this is no slight against Donald, but Leanne has been the person that's been there. And she's the one that's helped turn it into what it's become. She's put her... Blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of that probably literally, into keeping that place going and building it up from a curiosity, which no offense to, to Martha and to, the, to everybody that was working there before, but it went from a quirky kind of historical and paranormal curiosity To being this dominant paranormal and historical location in the almost 17 years that they've been there. So it just makes natural sense that she should be the best person to take that place into the future. I know that even though Donald might be ready to retire, Leanne is not. Leanne is not anywhere near ready to not be part of that home and to not be there every day and to not be giving herself to it 100%. So after the story broke last week, you know, I I didn't reach out to her. I didn't reach out to her when, when Maplecroft was being sold. Uh, I talked to Suzanne, the realtor. Because I know how hard it's, it is for Leanne. And I have to balance my work as a journalist with my friendship with her. The journalist says, well, that's the perfect person to get a quote from. How do you feel about, you know, this, this place that you've given your life to Possibly being taken away from you. Like the, the, the journalist in me says, that's a quote you need for the story. But the friend in me says, I don't want to exploit my friend like that. And if I can get around the story without needing that quote, I'm going to do so. So I didn't speak to her before we ran the story. But she called me the other night. And she told me. And I was so glad to hear it. She wants to own the Lizzie Boyden bed and breakfast. However, she doesn't have Zach money. I don't have Zach money. I don't know anybody else besides Zach that does. But she wants to own it. She has a better inside track to own it than a lot of other people do because she is a partner in it. She does have a... A, uh, a percentage in the ownership of the location that she's built up in equity over her years there. So there is a percentage that she does get to kind of take off the price, so to speak. And she does have some irons in the fire to be able to make sure that she can make it happen if she can raise enough capital She doesn't have to raise the entire two million, but she needs to raise a significant portion of that. So what does all this mean? Where's all this going? Well, we've had conversations this week and I'm helping her out with a new campaign. We're looking to all of you out there who are fans of the paranormal, who are fans of the Lizzie Borden story, who are true crime fans, people who have stayed in the house, visited the house, toured the house, people who have never been there but always wanted to and now are afraid that somebody might come in and buy it and they won't have their chance to. People who just want to see a small business continue in this pandemic that's going on. Everybody that would have even the slightest interest in supporting the Lizzie Board and and Bed and Breakfast going forward. We're calling on all of you to help out with this. Now, I'm theoretically not supposed to push crowdfunding campaigns on the air. But right now, there's NFL football going on on WBSM, so we're not going out over the air. Right now, we're on the stream. We're on Midnight FM. We're also on the WBSM stream. But I'm putting this under the, 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 the title of that we're trying to save a small business. So we are going to be starting a crowdfunding campaign to help Leanne raise the money that she needs to get the ball rolling in purchasing the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. She would then be the owner. She would be the person who is the steward of that story continuously. The same way she really has been for the past, you know, 17 years. And she would be the one to take it into the future. It just makes sense. Anybody out there that knows anything about the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, you know that this just makes sense. So how do you help? How is it all going to work? Because, listen, we know on the surface it's a big, big, big ask. That when you say, well, there's a $2 million bed and breakfast for sale, I'd like to own that. Why don't I start a crowdfunding campaign for me to buy it? And this wouldn't work if it was anybody else but Leanne. Because of how much she's put into that, because of how much of a connection she's made with everybody that's ever cared about that story. This is the only person that can do this. And the only person that should try, in my opinion. So the asking price of the Lizzie Boyden Bed and Breakfast is $2 million. And again, you're not just paying for the house, you're not just paying for the land, you're paying for what the valuation is on the business. And while business has not been great because of the pandemic, Leanne and I were talking about this the other night, it's still been sustainable. They've had to make some some changes and they've had to, you know, trim some trim some of the fat and things like that, but they've been able to stay In business. And now that we're coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, now that we're getting people vaccinated, and we know we're going to go through a tough time here for the next couple of months, but at the same time, this is also the time of year when there's not a lot of stuff going on at the Lizzie Borden house. So it's, it's almost like it's a wash anyway. And you've got the whole process of it being sold and whatever's going to happen anyway, so there's probably not going to be a lot of things that happen. But by the time we can get back to a hopefully somewhat normal life in the late spring and early summer, the bookings are going to start to fill up again. So here's the deal. $2 million is the asking price. Leanne thinks she needs to raise $1 million through crowdfunding to be able to make the sale happen, you know, for the $2 And I want anybody to think that that means she owns 50% of the business. That's not the case. Just with the other things that she has investigated and the other things that she has looked into and the other parts of the deal that would be involved in this, what she would need to raise is $1 million. And I know that that's a lot. But when you think about how many people care about this place... And want to see it continue in the hands of the right person, those 5, 10, 15, 25, 35, 40, $50 donations will all start to, to add up. Now, the downside of this is a million dollars is a very large crowdfunding campaign. And we're still investigating the best way to go about doing this because. There's different crowdfunding sites for different purposes, and some of them might not fit the right purpose. You know, so there's there's ones we would prefer to work with, but they might not necessarily approve a campaign that somebody trying to buy a, a, a building like this. So we're still working out some of those kinks, and we hope to have everything up and running by next Saturday night or by next Saturday. The, the downside of trying to raise a million dollars is the fees and the taxes that will be involved in that, that they're going to take right off the top, are going to be huge as well. So we're probably going to have to start this crowdfunding campaign for $2 million. It comes out to just under that with all the fees and, and taxes involved. Now, do I think that we're going to be able to raise $2 million? Absolutely. I think the paranormal world is going to come together. I think the true crime world is going to come together. I think the historical world is going to come together. And it's going to be a lot of small donations. It's going to be a lot of $5, 10 15 25 donations. But in the end, they're all going to add up. And I told Leanne, when all is said and done, you're going to say... Well, not only can I buy the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, I can also buy Maplecroft if I want to. Now, this isn't going to just be, hey, give Leanne money. She's going to work some perks into this. We've been talking about what some of these perks can be. But I want to make sure that people understand that she's not just putting her hand out and saying, hey, help me buy this house. There's some promises involved in this that she will intend to keep. And also, we're going to work to set up something that is a recurring thing through Patreon that people can keep donating and get something in return. So that even if you can never make it to the Lizzie Boyden Bed and Breakfast, there'll be some virtual events, some, some virtual things that you can be a part of to help keep it going. And to make sure that it stays a healthy, thriving business. But that also you get some access, even if you can't ever come and spend the night. So we'll have more details as it all comes together. But I just wanted to to make sure that we could put it out there tonight that this is our plan. And when I say us, I mean the paranormal world. This is what we have to come together and do if we want to be able to continue to have access to the Lizzie Boyden House. We need to make sure that it stays in the hands of somebody that is not only going to treat it right and take care of it, but is also going to make sure that it stays open for all of us to be able To get in there when the time does come that we can. It's too important to lose. It's too important to have somebody come in and say. I've got two million dollars. I've always wanted to own it. I'm just going to buy it and live there. And nobody can come in anymore. Or. Somebody that will come in and turn it into a. A paranormal playground, but then it will lose its integrity. I mean, it, it sounds good in theory for somebody to come in and say, we're just going to let people investigate there. We're not going to do anything else there. Just, just rent the place out like Waverly Hills does every night for investigations. It sounds good in theory but it would not be a sustainable business model. Certainly not for somebody that paid $2 million for it. It has to stay the way that it is. It has to serve all of those interests. And the only person that can keep it as is, is the same person that's made it into what it is. And that's Leanne. So we'll have all the information for you. As soon as we have it up, we'll, we'll have it at all the Spooky South Coast social media, at SpookySC on, on Twitter. I'll have it on Twitter at Tim Weisberg. We'll put it up on the Facebook page. All of that once it's all announced. And, of course, Leanne and the Lizzie Boyd in Bed and Breakfast will share it out as well. But that's the plan. That's what we want to see happen. That's what we need all your help in making happen. And I think we can do it. When I hung up with Leanne after the first conversation about this, I said, "This is going to happen. This is going to work, and it's going to be amazing. And we're counting on all of you to make it work." All right, we'll take a break. Then back with more Spooky South Coast. Stay tuned.
1: Are you intrigued by paranormal talk radio? You'll love the new paranormal radio app from TalkStream Live you'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store.
0: Tim Weisberg here, flying solo, but uh, we do have science advisor Matt Moniz out in the field tonight. He is working on an investigation with Andrew Lake, and uh, we're actually going to bring him on the line right now. Good evening, Matt. Is this you?
2: Yes, it is me.
0: And how, how are things going tonight? How are you?
2: All right. Uh, it was a pretty interesting place, uh, house of new construction. Family bought the house in November, but the activity has gotten to a point that it's aggravated both the kids as well as the homeowner, and now they're actually just selling it rather than having to deal with it. Uh, I brought uh, Kelly with me, and uh, we also had, uh, we'll call it an interesting experience with uh, somebody telling Kelly to what was it, move? Yes, yeah, very clearly
0: they said move behind me. Wow. So you said that this family moved in in November, November of 2020. Correct. So they they've only been there a couple of months. Correct. And they're already ready to move out. This is this is like a an Amityville situation.
2: Uh, not to that type of Hollywood esque, but yeah, the what the will called the nail in the coffin was the homeowner, the father, uh, basically being uh, physically. Lunged at while he was sitting on the couch watching TV by a dark figure. He's like, "This thing's bothering my kids, bothering my wife. Now it's bothering me. I'm getting us out of here."
0: So the the, the, the how many kids are there? What what ages are they? Three, what what range? Three.
2: Their ages are from like um, three to seven.
0: Oh, so they're all young Two children. Boys, one girl. Yeah, so you've got, to, you've got to think in that situation, you know, are you are you putting your young kids in danger being around something like that?
2: Yeah, the kids don't want to go upstairs unless there's somebody with them. But the family dog cowers underneath the table, you know, and barks at the walls and, you know, not like a dog that they've had for like a decade and a half that's normally happy-go-lucky but becomes happy go lucky once they take him out of the
0: house. So, when you went there tonight, you know, aside from from Kelly's experience, was there was there anything else happening that you could that you could verify that there was something, you know, something there present with you?
2: Well, I could definitely hear other things moving around in the house. Where we'd be downstairs, we'd hear stuff upstairs. We'd be upstairs and hear stuff upstairs with us. Now, Andy and I both heard this thing Sadie Kelly move and the look on Kelly's face when she got up and moved was
0: priceless. <laughs> well, so now, you know, this isn't a case where a family thinks that there might be a haunting and they're looking for you to prove to them that there is, this is them knowing that something's going on. Uh, so to, to that end, what were they hoping that you would be able to accomplish uh, in the investigation, or was it re- really more than just, you know, to have somebody else kind of verify what they've been going through? Yeah,
2: it was more for verification. They've already had a realtor to come in, take pictures of the house because they've done some work in it, and it's back on the market. They're living in the um, one of the in-laws' places now, and they're not going back.
0: Wow. So I mean, that's uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. So this is Rhode Island, right? We don't correct. We don't, we don't have to say the town, but so it, and is Rhode Island a disclosure state for you know having having haunting activity? Do they have to disclose that to the to the next buyer? Uh, I don't believe Rhode Island does. I know Massachusetts. No. I know. In, I think in Massachusetts, they only have to tell you if you ask. They don't have to offer right. the information. But right. if, so I don't know why anybody that you know. It, it's it's 2021. Anybody that is worried about buying a haunted property, just ask, because chances are they probably have to tell you in your state, and and you know they'll 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 tell you one way or the other anyway. So. But in, in you know the people that listen to this program though they're asking because they want it to be haunted so they're like yeah give me that one
2: now well, I tell you right now the house isn't old I would say it was built in the 90s and I can give you the town the town is Coventry Rhode Island
0: okay so. But as we always say, you know, it's not necessarily the house. It's it's the land that it's built on. Do they know anything about what might have been there in the past before before this a home farm? was built?
2: It's built on old farmland. Well, Coventry's old farmland anyway. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just a your typical uh, average, you know, blue-collar working, uh, you know, residential area that they built. House is a two-story, Cape type of uh, design. in the area. Yeah, yeah, plenty of activity in the area that he knows of. Uh, it's right around the corner from a haunted uh, house that Andy had lived in, so he knows the area definitely has activity.
0: Wow. Ah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and that makes sense, too, if it was all kind of, it could have all been one big farm and, you know, all kind of dealing with the same activity. Now, with with this being on the market and the family not being there, you know, in the time between them having moved out and, and hopefully it's a quick sale for them, but especially the way the housing market is, it probably will be. But are, do you have plans to go back again in the time between now we and when it's sold?
2: We do have open invitation,
0: Yeah. So, I mean, here's a chance to kind of continue on and do a, a little case study until the time comes uh, when, when it changes hands. And, and who knows, maybe the new owners will want you to continue on with the, with the work too.
2: Well, we'll leave, the, we'll leave our contact info.
0: Spe- speaking of case studies, I have to ask you while I have you. Uh, of course, you probably heard the story.
2: About business, yes, I know.
0: And But did you hear the announcement that we made tonight? No. So we are helping Leanne start a crowdfunding campaign so that she can be the one to buy the house.
2: That would be nice.
0: She needs to raise well, she needs to raise a million dollars to to make this work, but because of the way that the crowdfunding sites work with the fees and the taxes taken out and everything, all that the the, the campaign needs to be for two million dollars for her to get the what? million I know but that's how it works so for her to get the million dollars that she needs to 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 make it happen she needs to, to raise two million uh, i I think it might actually happen what, what do you think do you think do you think her being associated with this all that she's done all that she's given to the paranormal world and letting people in there and all that do you think she'll be able to raise two million dollars by asking you know the internet to help
2: uh, it's possible i think things right now are tight for everybody given, you know, the pandemic that's going on and people having reduced hours and some people losing jobs and stuff like that, but I, I definitely think the paranormal community does help each other out at least when they can. See, And I'm sure that they'll want to make sure that it is still available to them. So if you want to be able to go there, yeah, I wouldn't hesitating, trying to donate to see if we can
0: raise. The the way that I put it to her is that, you know, nobody else but her would have a shot at doing this. So if anybody has the chance, it's her. And in the end, you know, these, these campaigns, it's not like, you know, she's going to raise 500,000, not be able to buy the house and then just keep all the donations. If she doesn't hit the goal and isn't, isn't able to do what she's going to do with it, then everybody gets their money back. So it's not like there's a lot of risk involved anyway, In at least giving it a try. Yeah. So, I uh, hey, listen, I'm I'm thinking positive. I told her she's going to raise enough money that she's going to say, "Gee, now with all this money that I raised, do I buy the bed and breakfast and Maplecroft?" So, <laughs> that's that's the way I'm thinking. Now,
2: what about Maplecroft?
0: That's still on the market. So, okay. she might be able to do a, you know, buy one get one deal. <laughs> <laughs> for the you know buy one get one at uh, at 80% of the regular price or something there you go but yeah no that's i mean if if it works out and and if she is able to raise that much money and she is able to to purchase both i mean just imagine you know there was a lot of hangups in what they were trying to do at maplecroft but they'll be able to get past a lot of those hangups i think you know with her name on, on the deed because of what she has meant to the Fall River community over the years and and keeping that place going and the tourism that that the Lizzie Borden legacy brings in.
2: Yeah, that house brings in a lot of tourism. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yep, and uh, the best part about it is when they go there, you know, they they can't they can't eat dinner there. Uh, you know, they can't yeah. they can't. Um, you know, they, they, they need a lot of times they need things. So when they come into Fall River, they might be going there to stay or to tour, but they're spending money in all the other places. They're going out to restaurants, they're buying stuff at the stores. You know, they're they're getting not only souvenirs from the from the gift shop there, but they're buying other Fall River. They're going to Battleship Cove. You know, they're seeing the whole area and not just visiting the house. So it's absolutely oh, yeah. a, a key part of their of their tourism. Industry.
2: What about all of the outlet mills that are there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's, there's probably a lot that can be done with a good partnership with the city now that, you know, some of the political BS in the city is hopefully clearing up a little bit. You know, they, they could have a really good partnership going forward, but that's not going to happen if some outsider comes in and buys it because they want to add it to their collection of, you know, cool things that they own.
2: Right. Now, here's a question for you. If we can get access to this house on a Friday night, would you consider going?
0: Uh, I am kind of busy on Friday nights because I'm 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 on the air Monday through Saturday. Okay, but if uh, but if I can make it happen, I will I will definitely I would definitely love to go along.
2: Well, let's see if we can find a Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll we'll figure something out, and All right. uh, just just a heads up to you while I have you no no show next week. All right. So the thing I was going to do this weekend got shifted to next weekend. So I will. Uh, I'll be. I'll be filming.
2: righty.
0: All right. Well, you guys uh, have a safe ride home, and thanks for checking in. Thank you, Jim. Good night, Sam. You too. Take it easy. Hey, and, and uh, you know, don't don't take it personally when ghosts yell at you. You get used to it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: will
0: do. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matt and Kelly, for checking in, and uh, and certainly, yeah. If I can get the chance to get over there and check out uh, that. Place I absolutely would love to. I mean, I haven't investigated in forever. I did a couple of live broadcasts from Midnight Society um, in the in the summer and fall. I did a live broadcast from the Oliver House, and I did a live broadcast from the uh, Reverend Keith Parsonage in West Bridgewater. But in both of those instances, you know, I kind of just went in and did the show and didn't really investigate afterwards. So, and we're going to continue doing that with Midnight Society. Uh, Throughout the course of 2021, probably nothing in the wintertime, just because a lot of these places that we would go to, they don't have heat on. uh, or They don't have, you know, heat capabilities or there's nobody there in the wintertime because of, you know, there's not as much of a tourism time. But I was talking with Leanne, you know, when we were discussing the stuff with Lizzie Borden, we'll probably get over there and, and do an episode. Maybe we can get into Maplecroft and do an episode there as well. Uh, I don't know what their Wi-Fi situation is, but I know that the bed and breakfast has the Wi-Fi situation to be able to do it. So I can tell you the last time that we did a radio show at the Lizzie Boyden bed and breakfast, it was, oh, maybe 2008 or nine, maybe even earlier than that. But it was a recording. We did a recorded podcast only episode episode of spooky south coast and we went and set up in the actually there was there I know there were two different times cuz one time we did it in the in the basement and I remember Faye Musselman was there and she was our guest but this this first time that I was thinking of we set up uh you know that was the night that we were in the basement setting up a camera and then we heard footsteps upstairs and it was myself Moniz Uh, Chris Balzano and Jeff Belanger. I don't know if Andy was there, but I know the four of us were definitely there that night. And we heard footsteps on the first floor while we were in the basement and went running upstairs because we were the only ones there. Leanne had given us the key and we had locked all the doors and she had gone for the night and said, you know, she would come back when we were ready to lock up. And so... Nobody else was supposed to be in the house, and we thought maybe somebody had wandered in from outside, and we had forgotten to lock a door or something. So we went running upstairs, and there was nobody there. And there's no way anybody could have gotten out of the house in the time that it took us to just run up those basement stairs. Now, if you've never seen the Lizzie Borden house, I should have mentioned this earlier for you. If you've never been inside the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, but you've always wanted to take a tour, but maybe you live, you know, thousands of miles away, and you're never going to get to Fall River... Because it's now for sale, and the, the happening new thing with, with real estate properties are these 3D tours. Because a lot of people don't want to, you know, during the pandemic, go and take a tour of a house. They'd like to see something virtual. So they're now putting virtual 3D tours up for a lot of these homes. And there is a virtual 3D tour available for the Lizzie Boyden Bed and Breakfast. There's a story at WBSM.com. That has a link to it there. Or if you find the real estate page for the house being for sale, that has the link to it there. And you can take the 3D tour. And you can literally walk through the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. You can get into all of the rooms except the basement. I tried. The door seemed to be locked. I couldn't get down the stairs. But you can walk through all of the rooms of the house, all of the guest rooms, the kitchen, the parlor, the sitting room, the dining room, all of that. You can get into all of those rooms and basically do a walkthrough like you would if you were there in person. So I highly recommend that if you've never seen it before. But that will give you an idea of the layout so that you'll realize when I say, you know, we ran right upstairs and there's no way anybody could have gotten out, you'll, you'll understand what we mean. And so that night we were going to record Spooky South Coast and we put it in, uh, we put our our recording setup in the dining room. On the table, we had both doors open. There's two, two dining room doors. One goes out into the kitchen, one goes out into the, I always confuse the parlor and the sitting room, but I think it's the sitting room. And those doors were open. Doors to the outside were both locked, the front door and the back door. And we're sitting in the dining room recording the show. And I don't even know if we were talking or if we were just kind of setting up or it was downtime or or, or whatever. But all of a sudden we started to hear, let me make sure I get the order. I don't know if I'm going to remember the order right but we heard a woman singing coming from upstairs. And so we dropped what we were doing. We ran upstairs. Nobody up there. No singing when we got up there either, but we all heard a woman singing coming from the second floor. And when you're, when you're in there, and take the 3D tour so you understand, it's not a large house. It has a bit of that, I think they call it, a rabbit run style. It's not a shotgun style. You know, a shotgun house is where you can open up the front door and see all the way through down the hall into the back door. You know, because you can, you can take a shotgun and shoot from one door to the other. So it's not a shotgun house. I think it's what they call a rabbit run because there's no hallway between the rooms. Like you go, you you walk out of one room, you are in another room and then you're in another room. So, You'll see that kind of layout there. And it's, it's, not, it's not a very big house. And when you look at it, you'll realize, okay, well, if they got upstairs, coming up from the two different staircases, there's no way anybody would have gotten in there. And then we're on the second floor, we heard a baby crying on the third floor. And there's only one set of stairs up to the third floor, so we all go running up there. And of course, there's nothing up there either. Now, one thing I will say, if you have never been to the Lizzie Borden house, you wouldn't realize this either. And it's not something you're going to pick up from the 3D tour. But every sound that happens outside bleeds its way into the house. So if somebody's walking down the street making noise, you're going to hear it. So you kind of learn spatially what noises to pay attention to. You know, there's a lot of cars that drive by. It's not a hugely residential area, but there are cars that drive by. There are people that do walk by. And of course, a lot of people that walk by stop and look in the windows, you know, from the street, I mean. And they're like, oh, there's Lizzie Borden house. Hey, the ghost is there. You know, they, they'll do that kind of stuff. There are even people that will run up and knock on the front door and run away. But you just, you learn, you figure it out. And you say, oh yeah, no, that's coming from outside, I can tell. And it especially happens down in the basement. You know, when you're in the basement trying to investigate, you learn pretty much what the outside noises are and what the inside noises are. But if you, again, if you've never taken a tour there, I mean, obviously, if you live locally... You want to go and take the tour because it's like a two-hour tour where they're giving you all the historical information. So it's worth it to go and to, you know, kind of live through the events of the day and the trial and all of that as the tour guide is giving you all of that information in the rooms, in the place where it happened. You can't recreate that. But if you just want to see it for yourself and you're not from around here or if you're, you know, nervous to go out right now because of everything that's going on, then, yeah, you can check out that 3D tour and and at least get an idea of the layout. As I went through, I was kind of walking all the way around and I was looking. The investigator in me can't help it. I was looking to see if there were any signs of activity in any of the photos from that tour. I didn't see anything but maybe you can go through with another set of eyes and check it out for yourself and see if anything doesn't pop up. The the feeling can't be conveyed through photos either. When you are there, you definitely feel like you've stepped back in time because they've done such a fantastic job of making the house look like it did on August 4th 1892 the the furniture looks like the furniture in the crime scene photos the wallpaper looks like the wallpaper in the crime scene photos I, when I first went there and I was looking I was I thought for sure it was all the same furniture but it's not. They've found pieces that looked exactly like it and were able to purchase it. Now I don't know all the ins and outs of that. you know, we'll have Leanne come on at some point and and really give us the whole backstory of everything because I don't think we've ever done that. I don't think we've ever had her give us all the behind the scenes stuff. It gives you that feeling of being there in the moment. Of course, the question everybody always asks is when they see the couch that Mr. Borden was killed on, they say, oh my God, is that the same couch? And like, think about that. Somebody was hacked to death on the couch and discovered a while later Pretty sure that you can't really keep that couch Even if they had Febreze In 1892 It wasn't going to do the job So That aside (laughs) You can still go down though In the basement because we've done it We've been there when it's happened uh, there was a gentleman that used to be on Ghost Hunters quite frequently back in the early seasons. His name was Ron Millione, and he would create some uh, inventions and experiments for the Tap team to use. And he came there one night and had an event going on. And, you know, back in those days, Moniz and I used to go, Matt Costa, we would go to all the different things that were happening there because everybody would just invite us to come over and hang out. And, you know, that's we, we met a lot of our... our paranormal friends there. And so we went over there to help Ron out with the event. He was actually having us like, uh, you know, kind of help out like with the investigation in different zones and everything. And one of the experiments they ran was he brought luminol and went into the basement and underneath the floorboards where the couch was, where Mr. Borden was killed, he sprayed luminol and then ran a black light over it just like you would see on CSI and we could see that there were still blood stains in the wood and everybody was blown away by this like oh my god look there really is blood there like well what do you think was going to happen we know for a fact somebody was murdered <laughs> right directly overhead it's not a surprise that there would be blood on the floorboards but it was like the moment that it became a real thing for a lot of the people that were there That they realized, oh, wait a minute I'm actually in a place where a murder Where two murders happened And actually they're not the only murders that happened there Because we know that somebody else was shot in the basement He was running from the police And was cornered in the basement of the house And the police shot him to death We know that is true We also know that There was the relative of Andrew who murdered her children in the house next door that, you know, used to be on the property but now is not there. Now they have that apartment building and I think there's a a barber shop in there. But that used to, you know, be part of the same property. For a long time there was a print shop there. And in fact, I believe that when Donald purchased it with Leanne... Uh, They actually had the print shop then. uh, I'm not sure if that was part of that deal or when that stopped being part of the property, but there was a house there, and that's where Andrew's relative killed her children and then herself. So these are all confirmed murders or confirmed killings that happened. So it shouldn't be a surprise when... You know, Luminol reveals blood on the floorboards, but yet it still has that that impact. It still has that moment of, oh, holy crap, this is a true story. Even though you knew going into it that it was a true story, it just kind of has it hit home. 508-996-0500. We have a phone call on the line. I think I know who it is. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. What's shaking, playboy? What's happening, Lamone? How are you? Uh, I'm pretty
1: good. I'm pretty good. Um, you know, about, uh, DeRoy, right? uh yeah.
0: Yeah. I heard about that yesterday. Yeah.
1: Did, did you ever, did you know that they, um, they, they broke a record of the most, uh, continuous, uh, sellouts Elvis Presley, had like, like 9,000 consecutive sellouts. And they have, they had like 11,000. i like that. that's a record. I don't think anyone will ever, in, in Las Vegas, you know,
0: consecutive slots. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think anybody would. I don't think. First of all, I don't think anybody would, you know, stick around with that kind of longevity. I mean, they were what 30, 30 something years. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. I'm going to say like uh, from 1982, or they were before. They were in Vegas and they started doing their thing. I'm say like 1982, 83, something like that. And and it's for me, it's like they, they gave gave back to the community. It's like in and their in and their their uh, home. I've got a, a quick video of it on my channel, uh, but it's like a 40 second video. But I'm gonna go back there and do a full length video up there uh, probably tomorrow. But what's, what it is, it's like um, it's, you know six boy Roy, there's This show's called Beyond Belief, and they would you know like there's a lot of poor people, families and stuff around Las Vegas, all around here. They gave back money and food and. In exactly. that the the white tigers or the white tigers they had you know the, they had like little little stuffed animals that were like forty dollars and give them away but one of the things I thought I thought was really the nice thing about them is like they would take and have on Halloween they would open up the little Bavaria that's the, the 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 compound that they lived in and they had they'd have lines of kids like hundreds of kids in line around the corner and stuff like that all around the corner just to go in there. And they would give them the big giant candy bars, the big ones and they would stick the uh, tickets you know passes for for you know two two passes for uh, for them to go see the show and you, you, the shows were like im they were like hundred and five they were like seventy nine dollars up to hundred and five dollars the last time they' were doing it and it's like kids would see that and they would be involved and enthralled by the by magic and stuff like that and they were very flamboyant but I think that's a good way of putting it you know.
0: Right, but, uh, <laughs> you know, to be fair, I mean, and this is not to, to slight Siegfried and, F- Siegfried and Roy in any way, but to be fair, uh, if you look at the way Vegas is now, they were sellouts, but at the same time, like, a lot of those are, are, are comp tickets, right? Like, those are being given away.
1: or Yeah, but... But how I many, let's say, uh, let's say 200, let's say uh, 400 kids. Okay, third family, that could be like maybe one or two. That's almost like certain days the tickets us good for. And it's like, so not all of those days that will was like that. There's more people to pay. I know that I took, I've shown a lot of people that have come to Vegas. I took them, you'll see that, but I took them to their compound. They're like, oh my God, this place is beautiful. what you and what you still is. I was all sad and blue. I, was, I wasn't crying like little girls after little kids. I don't cry too often, like I said. But it was really nice. And you know that when Monocure, the, the white tiger that bit Roy back in 2004 in the throat, trying mm-hmm. to he he was, he was about to, he was about to, uh, he was falling, he was falling, uh, I guess they said about him, uh, nearly having a stroke prior to, but he bit him and trying to save him. He was all that man animals grabbed the uh, children by the scuff the neck. And he was trying to save and pick him up and that's what happened he, and he almost had to him almost died then He had a stroke and seizures and stuff like that and when um, and he just died like eight months ago and you know that's of covid and then and, and Siegfried he died he died of a uh, a, a cancer he died of a uh, we can't kind of, what it is but he died of cancer and that was like eight months later literally they had been together for so many years as a couple not just as a a partners and as a team they had broken up and then I guess since they weren't doing the stuff anymore you know looking out for each other and stuff like that and that's sad that's sad I found out literally have a friend that um her uh, sister works at at the hospital we was at and she comes hey you no know get it out there Lamone, get it out there uh, safety died so I was having to put it out there always I got a hookups like that so I know things way before they happen oh way before the public knows it happened so but then again you know other times I use my intu- my intuitive gift to use it so I so why I was hoping that you would have been on on to the tube today. On YouTube tonight
0: no that' we're, we're, I don't think we'll have YouTube going again there was um, there was an accident in the studio that killed the ability to send the audio to the computer I think it was sabotage uh, no it was just somebody having an open container in front of the equipment when they weren't supposed to
1: anybody on doing your show not on,
0: not on our show no it was during so
1: I think during it was, the week it was, it, was, it was sabotage that that damn Hindenburg with probably the same people you know, that's what I'm thinking for Shivel. The, why do they want to do that? I, get, I bet if they were, I bet if, uh, if the uh, Patriots were still playing, they'd, they'd be up there, they'd be all and everything, be working properly there, then, right?
0: Right. I don't. I don't think. So. I. You know. I'll say it for you. I'm, I'm was like, <laughs> I'm giving him the Go benefit on. of the doubt. He's the person that did it. He's a supporter of Spooky South Coast. He wouldn't want to see that happen. He learned okay, his lesson.
1: Well, did he clean it up? Is it like? Was it a
0: soda? No, it was just water. But we're hoping we're we're hoping that, you know, eventually we'll get we'll get some equipment upgrades in here. Things got slowed down a little bit because of uh, the pandemic, but there's some upgrades coming in and when the upgrade comes in we'll be able to reconnect it.
1: When they when did this happen? When when did they finally do this? When this when we spill?
0: couple months when ago. So they
1: couldn't have told us that beforehand, so, so I, I wouldn't have been oh. every every waiting for you to pop on YouTube like that. Uh-huh.
0: I knew. I just thought that I thought that it was fixed, but it can't be fixed. So we're, oh. we're looking. At, we're looking at some other possibilities of, of trying to feed it through a different way. But the the problem is, is you know, not to not to not to give everybody all the boring behind the scenes info. Uh, but because we have so many different things going on with our streams, with our apps, all that kind of stuff, you know, kind of all the outputs are taken up. Going to other places, so it's hard to it's hard to find a way to loop it back into that computer. But our engineer is working on it. It's just low priority because we're the only ones that use it. So, you know, it's it's kind of low priority on his list of things to do. Bastages.
1: See, I'm going to give you give you a little warning, you um, Your uh, your uh, you're, your your tablet is a is a target is a target uh, from from with Michelle and them. You're going to be a target to to watch. You're one of the targeted things of letting you know. So everybody don't know who don't really let people that know the show, they may not know that that they're really focusing on you. Just letting you know, you're a target place to check on. So just like you know, you're like, oh, geez, damn! I better wear my fancy boxes, huh? Yeah, I feel
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, All right. hey, thanks for thanks for checking in, Lamone, and, uh, <laughs> and and and, and I'm also working on getting the lines back up on Midnight FM. So, oh, wasn't that
1: suggesting? was over not working. It was like, oh, the brass is not good. So they'll say, oh, it's in the trash. Or something like that. Yeah, that might be a quick... Uh, I'm, I'm just joking. i don't want to scare you up. Like, Jeeves, He's like, let me go clean up. No, I don't look in the future. Just mess with you. But yeah, thank you very much for being there. And it's so sad that the rest of the rest of the crew isn't there. And and I think I saw... I met Caitlin. You know Caitlin that used to be on the show?
0: Caitlin that used to be on my show? She was like...
1: Like a year, like a year, like two years. She was an
0: intern, Caitlin. I don't remember Caitlin. We had um, uh, uh, you a young
1: chick, an uh, intern for Duke the, for the for the summer or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember
0: her name, but I don't think it was Caitlin.
1: Yeah, she told me her name was Caitlin. Said, hey, I think I remember talking to you before, and I was like, "Hey, yeah, I didn't know if it was her or not, but I bet she told me she was on the show." So I to send that out to you.
0: Well, you know, okay, a lot of people love to say they were on our show when they weren't. They're just trying to get the rub, and that's all.
1: Yeah, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. You're the you're the, a pinnacle. You're the pinnacle of of excellence. Hey, here you go, fella. Hey, got you. They got you new. Got your new call. It. Hey, Spooky South Coast, pinnacle of excellence. Hey, I'll that's something for civil. All right. Well, God yeah. bless you. Did you sound like that? Yes. Did you, did you,
0: yes. Very well okay. received. Thank you.
1: Oh, okay, that's what I'm talking about, Playboy. And give you see, your Mom, give her a hug little fella, Okay. We'll do. God bless you guys and. And you know, everybody out to listening, may the good Lord smile upon you because there's it's so, so much of the, everything else just frowning upon us. need some more smiles. Put some more smiles out there, playboy.
0: Absolutely. bless you guys. Take it easy. See you later, play. Have, Have a good see night. See you later. Ciao. And, uh, yeah, no, I think we definitely need more smiles, especially when it comes to, you know, the paranormal world. And as I said earlier, uh, you know, I was talking about how the paranormal television shows that everybody loves the you know the reason why they have cable in the first place a lot of folks all those programs move to these to, to the streaming service the discovery plus streaming service you know that's that's been a damper for a lot of people and i i see a lot of complaints i'm rolling through social media as the show goes on and i'm seeing people complain about how they couldn't watch You know, the brand-new Kindred Spirits and all that. And I understand that you're upset about it, too. But, hey, this is the future. You know, you you got to kind of get on board with where the future is going. And the future is streaming. You know, when it comes to television, it's these streaming services. They're the ones that have the money to put into some of these programs. You know, I was was watching some uh, earlier today. You know, I watched, as I said earlier, I watched The Stand on CBS All Access. Uh, it's a pretty good adaptation. I'm not 100% happy with it, but I knew I wouldn't be. But I still like it a lot. And a uh, season two of Servant started on Apple TV. If you haven't seen that show yet, and I, a lot of people have been sleeping on it, but I highly recommend it. It's it's executive produced by M. Night Shyamalan. And uh, it's it's... I don't even want to, like, give you the the storyline set up for fear of spoiling anything. But not only is it uh, an interesting idea, but the way they shoot it is amazing. Because there's no real ambient light in what they're... Like, every room that they're in is dark. And there's little bits of light sources that will illuminate what it is that you need to see. So they might be in a bedroom, but the bathroom light is on, shining into the room. Or they're in the dining room, and there's, you know, like a cabinet with plates in it where the light is on and that, and that's casting the light. Or they're in the kitchen, and it's the, the light over the sink. It's very interesting the way that it's shot. and And to me, it seems more like real life. You know, people don't walk through their house with every room being very well lit so it really works and then i also checked out uh WandaVision today on Disney Plus they've they put out the first two episodes of that and i when i started watching it i was enjoying it i i i like the idea of it being a a 50 sitcom type setup but i was like how are they going to keep the marvel fans into this but they do there's definitely a storyline outside of you know the sitcom setup that that brings people into it so Saturdays are kind of like my relaxed day where I, I catch up on some of the TV shows that I missed. But next Saturday I'll actually be filming a TV show. So we won't be here for Spooky South Coast. And I'll have more information about that for you when I can give it to you. But let's just say there was a program that I appeared on last year that's filming season two. And this one was not about the weather. So, and it'll probably, I would guess, be on Discovery Plus when the time comes. So that's something that, you know, by then, by the time that happens, I think people will be more in tune with the idea of this streaming service. And by the way, paranormal people that are upset about this, you're not the only ones going through this. People that love, you know, food network programming is going are going through the same thing. People that watch programs on Discovery Channel are going through the same thing. They're pushing all these new programs to that streaming service. Uh, maybe this is why, you know, they were looking for people for a hundred different paranormal shows over the last year to two years. You know, we got all these emails from casting directors that were saying, hey, do you have any cases? Do you have any people that you know? Can you help us out? Where I keep telling people, like, if they reach out to you and they ask you that, you know, ask them how much they're willing to give you for that information. Don't just give it away. Because you're just doing their job for them. Unless it's me. If I reach out to you asking for help, then just give it to me because I'm um, I'm a good person. No, I'm just kidding. They they all are just trying to do their job. Uh, but that's probably why we saw so many of these shows popping up because they were building up that content library. And you wonder why, hey, they made this show, and I don't think anybody watched it, and they only had five episodes, but somehow it got season two. You know, I think that's part of it is... is Building up this content library because when you go on the Discovery Plus app, the paranormal genre channel, whatever you want to call it, has some of the most programming out of anything. So they knew that you out there would be consumers of it, and they brought in the programming. So you're, I mean, you're, you're getting what you always wanted. You just have to get used to utilizing that system as the way that you get it. But you'll get used to it. And as I said, you know, by next week, I hope to have all the information up about the crowdfunding campaign for Leanne and the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Uh, when I have all that information out, I will put it out on my social media you can follow me at Tim Weisberg. You can follow the show at Spooky S C. That's on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. The Spooky South Coast page on Facebook. Also, my page is Facebook.com slash the Tim Weisberg. And of course, I know Leanne will share it out as well both on her personal and probably on the Lizzie Borden page, although I don't know, you know, if that's weird. we Are trying to buy the business and then share it on the business page? I don't know, but I'm sure that they'll put it out there. One way or another, they'll get the information out so that if you want to make a donation, you can. And then, as I mentioned, not only are we going to come up with a perks system for donors... But we're also going to come up with a recurring, you know, like a Patreon membership, so that people can continue to support the house and continue to have access to the house, even if they don't live locally. So that could be live investigations. That could be live 24 7 webcams. That could be special events, special lectures. You know, the great thing is now with Zoom. People are so used to communicating that way that we could bring in people from all over. It's not a matter of waiting for somebody who has an area of expertise to be able to come through Fall River and hold a special event. Now we can connect in our living rooms everywhere. Speaking of which, a couple of things coming up that I want to also make you aware of. Uh, First of all, next month I'll be presenting Presidential Paranormal for the Middleborough Public Library. I'll have all the details on that forthcoming for you, but it's going to be happening right around President's Day. So you'll be able to catch that lecture for free from the comfort of your own home. I'll give you the details on that on our next program and also on social media. And this coming Tuesday... Pretty excited about the opportunity to get to sit down and talk ghosts with a new friend that I've recently made and a new uh, streaming program that I have recently discovered. I recommend that you check it out. As I said, it's going to be this Tuesday. Let me get you all the information. The name of the program is Talks. It's hosted by Veronica Brockwell. And if you want to check it out for yourself, you can follow V Media Consultancy on Facebook. You can, I know the show is also available on YouTube. So if you go to the V Media Consultancy Facebook page, there's links right there to be able to check it out on YouTube. And also I'll be sharing it out as well. Uh, you can follow on Facebook. As well, you can follow Veronica at Veronica Brockwell on Facebook, too. But uh, we're going to be talking about all things ghosts this coming Tuesday night, 7 p.m., live stream. I'm going to have to clean up my home office a little bit because you'll be able to see into my world. We're going to talk about ghosts, hauntings. We'll talk some more about the Lizzie Borden house, all of that for you. So... And it's going to be a lot of fun. I might, even, I might even crack open an adult beverage for that one. So hopefully you'll join us for that, and hopefully you'll come back in two weeks when we return here with more Spooky South Coast. Uh, as I said, you know, next week I'll be busy, but then we'll come on back, and uh, we'll be celebrating our 15th anniversary. How's that? How has time flown by that quickly that it's been 15 years? So on the 26th, that will be our official anniversary. So we're going to miss next week as our anniversary show. But we'll we'll celebrate it the week after here on Spooky South Coast. And we're going to try and run some classic Spooky South Coast on Midnight FM for you. So if you ever are listening, you know, if you're ever jonesing for some Spooky South Coast, just listen to Midnight.FM. Just go to that website or the Paranormal Radio app. Or tune in, and you'll be able to listen to that anytime there isn't a live Midnight FM program on, there's a spooky replay happening. And we've got some old throwback ones in the mix, and maybe we'll even pull some more out of the archives. All right, well, that'll do it for this week. Until next time, stay spooktacular.